Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. I'd like to carry on this week about the spirit of boldness. We're, we're finding out from God's word that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. But also it says in Proverbs chapter 28, it says the those who know God are as bold as a lion, are as bold bold as a lion. And I hope um, over the last few days, something of a spirit of boldness has started to stir again in your heart. I know it has in mine. I want to ask a question really. I don't want this to sound too heavy at the start of a message, but have you ever felt like all hell is breaking out against you? Have you ever felt like you're fighting a losing battle? Uh, I don't know about you, but there's so many times I've felt like that. I felt like it's like I'm hitting a brick wall here. Everything I'm doing just seems to be hitting out and hitting out and not producing a breakthrough. But I want to encourage you today that the line of the tribe of Judah is an expert at getting right into the middle of a situation and turning it around against all odds. I know we talk a lot about that in Citygate and we have done over the last few months. But as we turn to God's uh, scriptures today, I want us to, to, be, um, to be finding out some things from actually one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. And it's where King Jehoshaphat is facing, <clears throat> excuse me, is facing three armies, three enemy armies. Now, just to put this into context, um, at the time, this guy was just a young king. He'd only just come to the throne and he made incredible changes. He absolutely turned things around. He reordered, restructured. Um, he dealt with some stuff. He did all sorts of great things. And as a result, the enemy didn't like it. And I want to really, I suppose, start um, you know, today by saying that bad stuff happens to good people doing the right thing. Um, you know, so often, you know, I've heard people ask the questions, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, it's because there's, there's stuff in this world that is arrayed against the church of Jesus Christ and against people who actually desire to do the right thing. We have an enemy. The Bible clearly talks about an enemy and actually calls him Satan or the devil. And I don't want to get into a whole load of you know, discussion about him today, but suffice to say that he has been defeated by Jesus Christ on the cross. And the Bible says he's now under our feet. So we have all authority over the devil, over all of his works. We have authority and we have power. However, he's still active. And it doesn't surprise me ever. I don't like it and I don't expect it, but it doesn't ever surprise me if I hit up against adversity or if I hit up against opposition. I'm not talking about other people necessarily, but, but you know, you think something's just going to go so easily and it turns out that Satan gets in there and he tries to turn it upside down in a bad way and he puts in frustrations and hurdles and things that you just weren't expecting. Something that should have been so easy turns turns out to be a real problem. And here, you know, here's Jehoshaphat. He's done all the right things. He's, he's ordered the kingdom. He's been a good king. And yet three armies say, we want to wipe him out and his nation with him. So that's, you know, I'm going to start this story. And I've already said my first point, really. And in from verse one and two, I got a whole number of points today, probably about a dozen. So I need to go quite quickly through this. So put your seatbelt on because every one of them is going to be packed with stuff to encourage us. But the first point here is bad stuff happens to good people. And it says in verse one, and it happened after this, that the people of Moab and Ammon and others, they came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some... Um, 
Someone came and told Jehoshaphat saying, great armies are coming against you from beyond the sea from En Gedi. Stuff happens. Stuff happens. He could easily have said, why is this happening to me? What have I done? I've only done the right thing. I've only done what I believed was the right thing to do according to God's word or perhaps God spoke to him. I don't know. But, you know, stuff happens. Stuff happens when you do the right thing. In fact, can I say this? The enemy really only gets stirred up and wants to come against you when you are doing the right thing. He's not interested in people who just sit down and do nothing. But for those of us who want to stir up with a spirit of boldness and go and turn the world upside down, stuff is going to come against you in adversity. The Bible says about the Apostle Paul, he says, great open doors are there before me and I know I'm also going to encounter great adversity. Great adversity. Even the Lord Jesus Christ himself faced adversity time after time. So here we are, this first point, and we've just got to settle this. We've just got to be good with this in our theology. Um, even though we have authority, even though we have the power of the name of Jesus Christ, even though we have the power of prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit to destroy yokes and to remove burdens, bad stuff still happens to good people. And we just need to get okay with that. I'm not saying that we put up with it. I'm not saying that we agree with it. I'm not saying that we just accept it. Absolutely not. And we're going to see from this account here how something stirred up in the heart of Jehoshaphat and he went out against the enemy armies. But we've just got to settle this once and for all. The bad stuff still happens to good people and it's not because they're doing the wrong thing. It's often because they're doing the right thing. Second point that I need to make today is that when stuff happens, we need to turn to God. It says in verse 3, So Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all of the cities of Judah, they came to seek God. I love that reaction. The fact that three armies were coming against Jehoshaphat did not mean that he turned and fled because the righteous are as bold as a lion. It didn't mean that he didn't experience emotional anguish. It clearly says here that he feared. You know what? We aren't immune to pressure. We're not immune to stress. We're not immune to thought bombs. I call them thought bombs coming in of, you know, I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to give up. We're not immune to those things. But how we respond will absolutely determine what happens through the course of the journey that we're on. It says, even though he feared, he turned to God. Friend, I want to ask you today, with the spirit of boldness that you have on the inside, when all hell comes against you and something goes wrong, what is your first reaction? What's your first thought? Well, here for Jehoshaphat, the first thing he did is that he sought God, he proclaimed a fast through the whole land, and everybody came and sought God. What an amazing thing. They didn't complain. They didn't moan. They didn't point the finger. They didn't give up. They didn't say, why has this happened to me? They said, okay, we know where the answer's going to come from. The answer's going to come from the voice of the Lord. And even though they feared, they proclaimed a fast. Even though they feared, they set themselves to seek God. Because as we come with a boldness into God's throne room, we can obtain grace and help for every situation that we find ourselves in and that's exactly what happened here with Jehoshaphat. The third point that we need to make today is this, if you need an answer 
It's important to declare the truth of God. You see, some things never change. Even though things in the world go upside down and turmoil and, and here these three armies were coming against Jehoshaphat, some things don't ever change. And the things that don't ever change are the things of God's Word, of the name of Jesus Christ, of the character of God. And something that we all need to do when we're facing turmoil, when the sea and the wind and the waves are wanting to sink our boat, something that we need to do is to declare those things which never change, and that is the character of God. It says here from verse 5 all the way down to verse 12, it says, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord. He knew where to go. He went straight to church. <laughs> and it says, um, it says, And he said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not have authority over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that... Uh, there isn't anyone who can stand against you. And are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and you gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your covenant partner, your friend forever? And they dwell in the land and they built you a sanctuary in it for your name saying if disaster comes upon us sword and judgment pestilence or famine we will stand before this temple in your presence for your name is in this temple and we will cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and you will save and now here are the people of Ammon and 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 the other armies whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, and they turned from them, and they did not destroy them. Here they are. Here comes the armies, God. Here they are. They're coming to throw us out of your, your possession, the land which you've given us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against, this, against these armies that's coming against us, nor do we know what to do. Listen to this, but our eyes are upon you. Isn't that fantastic? When you need an answer, declare the truth of God. You see, Jehoshaphat here may be under the attack of fear, of hopelessness, have three armies against him, but he did the greatest thing he could ever have done. Number one, he declared the character of God. God, we know who you are. He then declared the acts of God. God, we know what you have done before and what you can do today. And then he declared the promises of God that God would act on his word that he'd promised to Abraham. There is so much in that. I could do a whole half an hour on, on just those three, but to declare the character of God, to declare the acts of God, and to declare the promises of God will anchor your emotions, will anchor your soul when you're going through turmoil to declare God's done it before and God's going to do it again. It brings a calm into your spirit and it gives you an anchor for your soul. They set their eyes upon God. Can I ask you, friend, where are you setting your gaze today? Where are you setting your gaze? Where are your eyes fixed? Are they fixed on the economy, which is going all over the place? Are your eyes fixed on a job possibility? Or are your eyes fixed on a business opportunity or a, new, or a new venture? Are your eyes fixed on the hospitals? Are your eyes fixed on the news and what the news is telling you? Or are your eyes fixed on the unchangeable character of Almighty God? Because He is our rock and He is our fortress. 
The fourth thing that I would like to say today is this, the answer to any problem, to any situation is in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In verse 14, it says this, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. I love the fact that he's of a descendant of Asaph. Asaph was the chief praiser. He was the head of all the praise and worship in you know, a number of generations earlier for King David. Asaph was the cymbal player. I knew there was something special about drummers. <laughs> Asaph was the head musician. He, he headed up all the praise and worship for the temple. And so here we are, some you know, generations down, and there's a man here, Jehaziel, who had praise and worship in his blood. Can we put it like that? He had it in his um, DNA. And the Spirit of God, the anointing we call it, of the Holy Spirit came upon Jehaziel. This was the turning point. I've already said their first response absolutely determined the outcome, but this was the turning point. They'd set themselves to seek God and God spoke. And he spoke by his spirit coming upon Jehaziel. And um, he said, and we'll go into what he says, but this is the turning point. The spirit of God and God's word, which is released from heaven, will destroy fear and bring a fresh spirit of boldness into any situation. God spoke and God actually said, do not fear because God is going to fight for you. In verse 15, it says this, um, hear this King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. I want to say that again. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged because of the vast army coming against you or because of the potential job loss or because of the economy or because of the threat of COVID or because of family breakup or because you don't know what to do. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged for the battle is not yours, but the battle is the Lord's. Oh, I love that passage. I have prayed that so many times. The battle's not yours, even though we know we've got to fight the good fight of faith. Even though we know we have the armor of God upon our lives, we can rest in the everlasting arms that Almighty God is our defender. Almighty God is going to fight for us. Almighty God owns this battle personally. And he says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged because the battle ultimately is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. And can I say this? God never loses a battle. God has never lost a fight and he never will lose a fight and I'm so encouraged today to say that God is fighting for the church. God is fighting for the generation. God is fighting to see so many people come to Christ in our generation through the UK and across the world. Come on friend, you can have a confidence and a boldness that no matter what armies are coming out against you, God is going to fight for you in Jesus name. The fifth thing that I'd like to bring out of this passage here today is this. It says in verse 16, Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. The fifth thing is this, that insight from God will always bring boldness. 
When God opens your eyes to something, it gives you a confidence because it gives you another perspective. Up until this point, they didn't know where the enemy was going to be. They didn't know how to react. They didn't know how to go forwards. But as God began to speak, a spirit of boldness started to stir up. Why? Because God started to speak to them about what the enemy was trying to do. Something I've learned over many years now is to learn to discern what the enemy is trying to do. To sort of hover. I know I preached the other week about hovering over the darkness. You know what, if you get you know, down in the trenches where we fight hand to hand, that's a place where, where God often says, come on, let's go and fight. Let's, let's take authority and let's do this. But you know what, there are times when God just says, come on, I want you to have a bigger picture here. I want to, I want to speak to you about some details, what the enemy is trying to do. Any pastor of any church will always be praying like this, Father God, help me to see the state of my flocks. Any father of a family or mother of a family is going to be praying over their kids. Father, We want to know what's going on in the life of this family. We want some detail. Where's the enemy trying to get in? What's he trying to do? What's he trying to say? What lies is he trying to spread? What's he trying to bring in to bring division or to bring hurt or to steal or kill or to destroy? Because when you know the plans of the enemy, you can go against him with a confidence that you have the upper hand. And that is a great place to be. You see, God revealed the enemy's uh, strategy because God does not want us to be taken by surprise and he wants us to always have the advantage in Jesus' name. The sixth point that I want to bring out today from this, I hope you're enjoying this passage. I love this passage of scripture. Is verse 17. It says, you will not have to fight in this battle. (laughs) I reckon that's a prophetic word for somebody right now. You will not have to fight in this battle. I want you to take up your positions. One translation says, position yourself Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid afraid, and do not be discouraged. There he's saying it again. He says, go out to face them tomorrow for the Lord is with you. The sixth point that I want to make today is this. We need to position ourselves. We need to position ourselves. To position yourself means that you're in the right place at the right time. It means you're standing on the rock and not in the sinking sand. It means you're in the place of prayer and you're not in the place of of just ignoring God. It means you're in the place of faith and not in the place of fear. To position yourself to hear from God means to position yourself to have the right mindset. So often our minds can be like a football field, like a football being, you know, just kicked around by all sorts of thoughts and all sorts of emotions. And I believe as God wants to say to us today, he wants us to position ourselves. Perhaps he wants us to take captive some thoughts and say, no, I'm not going to think that. I'm going to position myself in the place of prayer. I'm going to position myself to hear from God. I'm going to position myself with the helmet of salvation upon my head. I'm going to position myself with the shield of faith to quench every fiery dart. I'm going to position myself in a church where people can encourage me and I can encourage other people. I'm going to position myself because I'm going to see to it that God fights for me. In fact, God's already promised He's going to fight for us. But as we position ourselves, we can see the salvation of God that He works in our lives. 
as we position ourselves, it's important that we're expectant. We position ourselves for victory. We position ourselves for success. That I position myself for healing. That I position myself for provision. That I position myself for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That I position myself to be found where the river flows. I want to ask you, my friend, are you positioning yourself at this time? With all sorts of things trying to pull for our attention, it's important that we position ourselves on the rock of Jesus Christ with God's Word going in our heart, with God's Spirit flowing through us, that we position ourselves for the blessing and for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to flow in and through of our lives. In point number seven, it says in verse 20, early in the morning, they left to go to the desert. They left. And, you know, quite simply, point number seven in this whole stir up today about a spirit of boldness when all hell is breaking out against you is this. There are times to just get up and go. I said last week about we need to step out and we gave the example of Peter uh, stepping out the boat. There are times we just need to get up and go. You see, they'd heard God, so now there wasn't anything else to wait for. It's time to go. He said, position yourself for tomorrow. You're going to see this and tomorrow you're going to see that. But tomorrow came. It was time to get up and go. It was time to get up early. It says they got up early in the morning. They got up and they went to where God had intended them to be. You see, it's important that we're obedient. It's really important that we obey God. You, you know what? You know, sometimes I hear people talk about grace as though it really doesn't matter if we're disobedient. No, it really matters that we need to obey the voice of God. We need to obey Him as we forgive other people. We need to obey Him as we are generous with our tithes and offerings. We need to obey Him as we, as we shine in the midst of darkness. We need to obey Him as we tell other people our story and what God's done in our lives. We need to obey Him by being faithful to God's Word. We need to be obedient people to God. And when God says, come on, there's a, 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 an incredible breakthrough about to happen, there is going to be something that we need to do because God always works with his church. He always works with a person and God wants us to be obedient. Is there something God has said to you, my friend, where you know you've not acted on it yet? And God is saying, come on, come on, the time is now, the time is now. Perhaps he's been saying tomorrow and tomorrow's come. Perhaps now is the time God's saying, come on, I want you to rise up and I want you to go for it because there has to be a moment where we get up and we go and we act in obedience of God's word. And we're not just hearers of God's word, but we're those who do God's word as well. I hope you're getting something out of this today. Point number eight, as we start to close here, verse 20, and it says, as they set out, it says, Jehoshaphat stood and he said this, hear me, Judah and people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. Point number eight is just really simple, that even in all the pressure that we're having and all the things that are coming out against us, let's be people who spread faith to other people. Let's be people who are infectious with the spirit of faith and the spirit of boldness. Even though here, you know, all sorts of things could have been going through the mind of Jehoshaphat. Here he is trying to lead, trying to do the best he could. The enemy's coming out against him, but he's heard God. He's got a spirit of boldness on the inside. So he confidently stands up and he says to everybody else, guys, 
have faith. And I just want to really boldly say that today to whoever is hearing this online right now, Citygate Church, all of our online guests, I want to say this, have faith, you will be upheld. Have faith, God will show himself strong. Have faith, God will break through. As you act on God's word and as you hear his voice and as you step out, God will show himself strong. Have faith, you will be upheld in Jesus' name. Number nine, verse 21. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Now we're at the point, which I think everybody knows this about the story, the account of Jehoshaphat. The time came when they sent the praise team out at the head of the army. Point number nine, quite simply, as we're talking about a spirit of boldness and a spirit of confidence is this. Praise brings the victory. Praise brings the victory. Praise brings the breakthrough. You know what? So often we want to put something else at the head of the army, something else at the head of the battle, something else at the head of the situation. But God says, come on, praise me first. Exalt me first. Put the praise team out. They weren't armed with swords and spears, but they were armed with the name of Almighty God as they exalted the name, uh, I will say, of Jesus Christ. The Bible says something so powerful happened that the enemy was confused by God. God set an ambush and um, it created confusion in the enemy's camp. As we praise God first, something stirs on the inside of us. A spirit of boldness starts to stir up. You know what? If you start your day with praise, if you start your day, I'm not talking about you have to have half an hour before you get up with praise music playing. But you know what? As, as praise is the first thing in your life. We talk a lot about this in Citygate. We believe in exuberance. We believe in stirred up praise and worship. If you come here on a Sunday, Sunday, on, on an ordinary Sunday, it's loud, it's vibrant, we got lights flashing, we got a band playing, we got people shouting, we got people celebrating. Why? Because praise brings the breakthrough. We don't wait till after the victory to praise God. We praise God and it brings the victory in our lives. There is never a time to not praise God. It's not, oh, well, God, all this is going on in my life. God says, come on, praise me and I'll break through. Give thanks to me. Give thanks to my name and praise the beauty of holiness and give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever and you will see God move on your behalf. It's, you know, the Bible says in Psalm 8 that the praise of God will silence the enemy and still the avenger. The devil has no defense against the praise of the saints. And I want to encourage you today, friend, to be a praising believer. Don't say, oh, I just don't like singing or I don't like clapping or I don't dance or I'm too old. That's All that's for the young people. No, it's not. It's for the Christian that we shout and we clap and we dance and we spin around under a violent emotion and we jump for joy and we rejoice with all the strength and all the boldness we have on the inside of us, God will show himself strong. It says, as they began to sing and to praise, 
the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Praise brings the victory and the men of Ammon and Moab, they all fought against each other to destroy and annihilate each other and after they finished killing the men of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. I mean, this is just total chaos. Why? Because of the power of praise and worship. And then when the people of Judah came to the place that overlooked the desert, they saw towards the the vast army and all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. Friend, praise brings the victory. Why don't you be an exuberant praiser? It's not about personality. It's not about culture. It's not about age group. It's about having a flood of praise pouring out of your heart as a praise to Almighty God because He deserves all the praise. And as we praise Him, you watch and see. God will make straight paths for your feet. Those places where the enemy seemed to get a foothold, He's going to destroy the enemy and bring, and bring confusion into the enemy's camp. I've seen people healed in the middle of praise and worship times. I've seen people set free in the middle of praise and worship times. I've seen the enemy lose his grip on situations as people praise the name of Jesus Christ. Friend, come on, let's be bold, bold, confident praisers in Jesus' name. As we close today, the very last few scriptures here is this. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off the plunder. They found among them so much stuff. I'm going to paraphrase this. So much stuff. It took them three days to carry away all the plunder and they named the valley, the valley of blessing. It's clear in the Bible we are blessed to be a blessing. This is a great, a great uh, uh, victory here that Jehoshaphat won, or actually God won. Jehoshaphat didn't fight. They just praised <laughs> But they knew they were blessed to be a, a blessing. And they took all the plunder and everybody got a share. And I want to encourage you today that as you go into this week, as you go into this week with a spirit of boldness, you are blessed to be a blessing. It's right at the very heart of what it is to be a Christian. We're not selfish people. We're not just blessed to, you know, to be blessed. Oh, I'm just so blessed. Thank you, God. I'm so blessed. No, God wants us to have a mindset that I'm blessed to be a blessing. Every day this week, you're going to have an opportunity to be a, a, a blessing to somebody else. Every day this week, you can speak words of life. You can encourage somebody. You can be generous with your time or with your finances or perhaps, you know, to give your story, to tell your story to somebody. Every day, there's going to be an opportunity to be a blessing to somebody. Why don't you get on the phone and encourage somebody? Why don't you send a text to somebody that you've not spoken to for some time? Why don't you get involved in somebody else's life? Why? Because as we win our, our fights and as God fights for us and as we win through in our battles. God wants us to be those who strengthen other people to see them win their battles. All through this last half an hour or so, I've been talking about the fact that we have a spirit of boldness and that we're confident in God and what God will do. God will act on our behalf and, and having, a, you know, having an intimacy with God gives us a boldness on the inside. You see, Jehoshaphat, he sought God straight away. He turned to God straight away. Why? Because he had a relationship with the God who created him. Friend, I want to ask you, have you got a relationship with the God who created you? You see, it's great in a time of emergency to, to, to shout help and pray. And so many people do that. 
But God doesn't want us to cry out to him and shout help from a place of being estranged from him. He wants to be our heavenly father. So we go through life step by step with him. Friend, I want to ask you today, have you ever prayed a prayer to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? See, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and believe in your heart that he died for your sins and was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. You'll be a Christian. You'll have everlasting, eternal life. You won't have to hope to impress God to get to heaven. You become part of the family. There's a a great prayer in the Bible. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It starts with that incredible declaration. Father, Father. Friend, do you know God as your Father? Perhaps you once knew Him as a child or growing up as a teenager, but then life and pressure and stuff happened and you, and you stopped going to church or you turned your back on God. Friend, today I implore you, come back to God. Come back to God. There's somebody in the Bible called the prodigal son who went off and did all his own stuff. And then he, it says he came to his senses and he turned around and he came back and he said, Father, I don't deserve to even be called your son. But the father said that it, it says of the father that he loved him. He put a robe on him. He put a ring on his hand and he said, you were dead and now you're alive. You were lost. Now you're found. And there was a great party because his son had come home. Friend, I want to encourage you. Come back to God today. God loves you. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He wants to fill your life with forgiveness and with joy and with peace. He wants to give you a purpose again for your life. Don't live your life outside of God. Live your life with a purpose and with a passion to live on fire. We call it on fire for God with a passion to love God with all your heart, your soul and your strength. Friend, God loves you. He died for you. He's got a plan for your life and you can step into that today by praying a prayer from your heart out of your mouth. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer along with me now, line by line, as I said. And it doesn't matter if you're in your lounge or in your bedroom or in your car. Why don't you pray this prayer with me today to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you demonstrated your love through sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I declare you to be my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. Thank you for your eternal life. Amen. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer, I believe you're now a Christian. Almighty God is now your Father and He's got a life for you. The Bible says He'll order all of your steps. He'll speak to you and guide you by the Holy Spirit in your life. And I want to encourage you today that no matter what armies have come out against you, there is a victory and it's a boldness on the inside and it's the spirit of praise which will confuse the enemy and God will fight for you. God bless you and I'll see you next week.